Hey guys, welcome on back for another episode on the Divine Faith Podcast. And as promised from the last podcast episode where I took a deep dive into the devil tarot card. And in case you missed it, here's what somebody had to say about that recent podcast. Faith, you are just so on point. I'm a Capricorn. I have a Capricorn stellium in my 12th house. You are so on point, girl. Keep it up. I appreciate your hard work. Okay, thank you. So, of course, if you didn't catch the last one, make sure you go take a listen to it. Because, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. But, you know. (laughs) But anyway, so, yes, taking a deep dive into the high priestess okay so of course i did a little bit of research of course the high priestess has so many possible depictions of what the high priestess is about uh where she came from her history her origins from multiple different cultures multiple different time frames so i could literally be here all day but i chose the one that i felt like resonated with me more in terms of just what i feel like the high priestess is about Okay, and then even just me getting more into the study of the tarot cards, it seems like that the stories or the the meanings behind them are definitely a little bit more negative, I guess, than what I was expecting. So it definitely is one of those things here where, you know, just reading the cards just based off of the definition or based off of what you, you know, read in a book may not necessarily be the exact, maybe not exact way to go, or it could maybe in some sense create somewhat of like a you know, a blockage, because like I said, when you think about the history behind these, you know, it's almost just like, well, you are blocking yourself from opening up, you know, your natural gifts, you know, so that's just something for you to, you know, uh, think about. So don't get so consumed or bogged down when it comes to learning, you know, the cards black and white. I know, yes, it's very important, but even my, even me starting off, um, you know, just on my tarot journey, it, I mean, I know it just seems kind of weird, but I literally did not even read a book. I picked up the cards and I'm just like, look, okay, this goes here. This looks like this goes here. It was like a puzzle in some type of a manner. So I really didn't study as long as other people. And I know, you know, stab me in the neck, but whatever. You know, it's just one of those things. Like I said, if you cut yourself off from your natural gifts, if you get in your own way of, you know, opening up that that gateway to pretty much see what you can do you're doing yourself a disservice especially if you're trying to get into this but either way outside of that like i said when it comes to the high priestess of course she is signified by the number two in the tarot deck now interestingly enough everybody wants to put the high priestess with cancer i'm not saying that they're wrong because i did dig up some information where um the high priestess of course is tied to cancer but so is the chariot um the moon has possibly been up for debate but we'll get to the moon maybe i'll think about doing that next or i may possibly think about doing um the empress i haven't decided yet you guys can let me know which one you want me to do next okay but so um the number two in this instance to me can also be associated with um aquarius energy so we have uranus or we have its traditional ruler um saturn okay um but i say aquarius because 
you know, in a way, the high priestess to me is naturally detached. So that can go into questioning how can she possibly be associated with cancer. But in a manner, you know, there can be two sides to cancer, just like there can be two sides to Gemini. I mean, of course, Gemini gets the bad, the, the worst rap of the two because it's just like, ah, the twins. But we also have to take into account, but that cancers can go there as well. Cancers can have that two side, that two side to them as well. Considering the fact that I am definitely a cancer, I'm a late cancer, but I am still a cancer. I'm a little bit closer to um, Leo hence possibly the immediate um reaction to you're a cancer would have never thought maybe I thought you were a leo like no uh I, I am a cancer so um but i can say i can see when it comes to this card the two sides here that don't necessarily get you know um enough attention but also with with it being associated with aquarius you got to think about it. aquarius has two rulers it has this ruler of Uranus and it has its co-ruler of Saturn. So you can kind of see that, you know, the Uranus energy can be kind of bow, bow in your face, like fool type of vibe. You know, you never, you never know the rebel want to follow my own rules. And then we have the, it's co-ruler, which is its traditional ruler, which is Saturn. So based in her traditionality, she's naturally detached. She can be cold. She can be aloof. You know, she can be strict. You know, even if we want to go a little bit further, you know, the high priestess may even be that one where, you know, I mean, so if we're going to be honest, some of you guys, whenever I do readings uh, for you, the emperors may not pop out, but that high priestess does with that emperor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to be a single parent because I can see her exuding this energy because in a way it's like she can handle it. Of course, she doesn't want that to be the case. But another thing just for me studying about the high priestess, she seems really good when it comes to adapting. And I will get to my reasoning as to why I see her as being really good when it comes to adaptation. Um, but anyway, so if you look at the high priest, it doesn't matter what like tarot deck you look at, you know, right now on my desk, I have my uh, feng shui tarot, which is literally like, I love this deck. The imagery, I am kind of like slightly a little bit like obsessed with Japanese or Japanese and Asian culture. Okay. But when it comes to cultures, period, I just have the utmost respect for any type of culture. It's just like amazing how, how many different people it is in the world. I don't see how anybody can really be disrespectful to other somebody else's culture, but that's just me thinking out loud. Okay. But anyway, so in any tarot deck that you look at, when it comes to the high priestess, she's always sitting in between two pillars. It doesn't matter what the pillars look like. They're pillars. Like, again, in this particular deck that I'm looking at, there's two uh, vases. But I'm pretty sure this depicts the culture. But either way, she's still sitting in between the two. Okay? Now, the pillars are represented, of course, by light and dark. So you could say, like I talked about before, the two pillars in some type of manner could represent her ruler and her co-ruler. We have Saturn, which I talked about, if you missed it in the other podcast, where I talked about Saturn is more so of the darker side of the occult. Uranus or Aquarius, I should say, is more so of the positive side of the occult, you know, the affirmations and stuff like that side. Okay, I'm not saying that the Saturnian side um, isn't one of affirmations, but it, the Saturn one is more so of reality, I would say, because when you think about Saturn is associated with the father, you know, so there's that structure, there's that strictness, there is that, you know, energy of kind of like, it, it is what it is, you know, I mean, that's how I could take it. Um, but anyway, so the light and dark pillars, the pillars are represented by Boaz and, and Jacquin. I don't know if that's how you say the name, but either way, but um, these pillars 
uh, supposedly represent Freemasonry. So we go back to secret societies, which is not shocking that the high priestess would be someone who is involved in a secret society. But it goes back to what I was talking about in the last episode about how the author and co um, uh, co-author co-writer of the Rider Waite deck, uh, Arthur Waite, he created his own secret society that allowed women to be a part of it. Because of course, back then it was men only, dicks only. Okay. So it was one of those. And he, so he created his own thing, but even, but even still with that, you know, we don't know all what goes into Freemasonry. It's so secretive. It's so, there's a lot of people that talk about it's bad, but let's be clear, Freemasonry is involved in rituals. So that also would make more sense as well. While you have the two pillars, the dark and the light, you know, there, there may be a ritualistic type of, you know, um, energy tied to the pillars that we don't know. Of course, I wasn't, you know, alive back then. If I was, I don't remember. <laughs> Um, moving down. So now, like I talked about before, the high priestess is associated with the sign of cancer. However, that is still left to a little bit of speculation since the high priestess, like I talked about before, is very passive in her emotions. And she is a constant student of the universe, where if we skip down to the hierophant, the hierophant is almost just like, well, I already know. What else can you tell me that I don't already know? And I think that goes a little bit um unnoticed in a way when it comes to the hierophant that he can be the know-it-all because think of he's the divine ruler but guess what he's a divine ruler that has been set on that throne by who man by humans but of course he is just like i've been sat here by god so we don't you know mm, mm. you know we can even possibly go as far as that maybe in some type of manner the hierophant in this day and age could represent maybe in some type of way like elected officials or people that we put up on that pedestal but again those that's us as human beings making that decision you know um it may not be the decision of like god put them there the universe put them there it could be definitely a man-made decision and and you know because also we have you know he represents the earth venus that's why his wife is the empress you know um but <laughs> i mean to me maybe the high priestess and the hierophant are like brother and sister you know, because in some type of manner, they can be, I, I can see the competition a little bit there because the high priestess wanted that seat that the Hierophant was sitting on. If you know the story, you know, like I said, the higher, the Hierophant will represent the Pope. Okay. Um, and of course the Hierophant goes through all this training. He's like the pastor, you know, they have this, I don't even know what you call the name of the school that the pastors go through, you know, um, but anyway, I'm going to have to, again, maybe I'll do the Hierophant on down. But just to me, because you know how sometimes the Hierophant and the High Priestess can come up um, together. And even though we may, and even me, even me learning more, I'm probably going to like rephrase this whenever it pertains to my readings now because of us thinking about it being a divine counterpart. But in this instance, you know, the um hierophant and the empress may be more of a divine counterpart i would say than the high priestess and the hierophant all because of the history all because of there may be a sense of jealousy associated from the higher high excuse me from the high priestess to the hierophant because she in a way could feel like that he has my seat because we also do have the moon and mercury which i don't believe that moon and mercury are friends they may be they may have a 
love-hate relationship? I can't remember. Um, yeah, oh, okay, so on this one, it says that the moon is the same as the enemy for Mercury, but for the moon, Mercury is a friend. This This means that the moon will not have any problem with Mercury, even if Mercury has trouble with the moon. So you can see where I'm going. One has problem with the other, but the other doesn't have, you know, it's like, it's weird. So that's why I said it's kind of like a brother sister type of vibe, I guess, in a way, which can make it, which can make it um, difficult. I mean, I don't know if maybe that's where the twin flame thing came from. But again, looking at the history, looking at just rulerships, it's almost just like, uh, well, yeah, two moon, but also yeah no think about having what having like saturn and taurus uh, it just doesn't fit you know or having saturn and gemini it doesn't fit okay um uh, moving on down so uh now according to the author and co-creator of the first modern tarot deck of course writer weight or author weight excuse me he believed that the high priest is connected to a start who is the goddess of war love and hunting so pretty much a deity she is a deity of, I believe, the uh, goddess Ishtar. Uh, I don't know if that's a goddess or a god. It might be a god. I could be saying that incorrectly, but I'm kind of like shooting off of the dome and going down a little bit on my notes. So um, I am ashamed that I don't. <laughs> but either way, um, where was I? Okay, so how is the high priestess connected to the sign of cancer in this way now it's believed that the deity astar symbol was connected to the lion which was also an extension of the horse which that was an extension of the chariot now if you look in the chariot car or if you look at the chariot car the woman depicted in it would refer back to this deity so that would be how the high priestess is connected to the chariot which is cancer Okay, so in a way, but also when we what I talked about before with the two pillars and with the high priestess being represented in a manner by the number two, which is associated with Aquarius, that co-ruler. So it will make sense how uh, the cancer in the major arcana could definitely have more than one tarot card, which there are others that have more than one tarot card, which, like I said, the moon is going to be a doozy. Okay, because what if that uh, do I want to say it? What if that moon is associated with Scorpio? Because the darkness in the moon, the fear attached to that moon, the moon is, I know I'm going off topic, but I just have to say it while it's on my mind. The moon is associated with the number 18, which breaks it down to the number nine. Nine is war. Nine is Mars. The moon is debilitated in Scorpio. And if you can see that just by the darkness in the car itself, you know, it, so I don't know. It'll be interesting for me to dig more into the moon on a on uh, on down the line. Okay, but back to the topic at hand. So um, again, like I said, if you look at if you look in the chariot, that woman depicted there would refer back to this particular deity. Okay, now once she made her way to the Greek pantheon, it was then said that a start was less erotic and more warlike. Okay, uh, which in a manner. It could relate to how, you know, it's always the uh, the stigmatism possibly tied to Aries about the anger. But I would say that cancers may have more of a hair trigger reaction than Aries does. A prime example, if you looked, if you talked, oh, excuse me, if you heard about the situation with Antonio Brown, plays, plays for or played for the Buccaneers. Guess what he is? A cancer. 
You've seen his hair trigger reactions play out many a times. But you can go down the line and possibly and look at other cancers. I believe Mike Tyson is a cancer. Look at that. Hair trigger reactions. You probably would have never guessed that he was uh, a cancer. But he is a cancer, you know. Um, but anyway, so um, now in the contest between Horus and Set, a star and a knot appear as daughters of Ra. So this particular deity that is associated with the higher priestess is considered or it is alleged in a way that she is a daughter of the god Ra. You know who Ra is. We don't have to talk about this. Okay. And they are and she is actually also an ally to the god set. Now, a reflection of their association goes back to who? Baal or in this instance. Bilal, I don't know how you say it. Bilal, Bilal, whatever, baloney, balada. Um, no disrespect. <laughs> um, so the devil, because if I'm not mistaken, a uh, ball or ba, whatever, a uh, symbol, I believe, is in the devil card in the hand or somewhere. You know, so it's all almost in like a triangle, maybe. Okay. Now, some readers perceive them as sets wives as well. It's again, we it's not you know, set in stone because of course they can't find the articles that would say as such or the hieroglyphics that would say that a star, the high priestess was a wife of set, but I wouldn't be surprised. Remember in the last podcast, I said, if there's anybody that can handle the devil's shit and, or Hades shit, if we go back to Greek uh, uh, stories, mythology, it would be the high priestess because that ability that number two energy to adapt because when you have to think about it with the two being associated to the moon as well as the seven it's very interesting how the chariot is the number seven so heavy moon energy with those two being associated with the moon the moon adapts because the room the moon rules over popularity and the public so the moon knows what the moon needs to do even if it's not genuine that's why I talk about the dark side of the moon, you know? Um, but anyway, or why specifically the moon doesn't like Capricorn. It doesn't like Scorpio and, you know, Scorpio eighth house and Capricorn Saturn. Saturn's associated with the number eight. So anyway, now, of course, like I said, it hasn't necessarily been proven that you know, this particular deity was the wife of, of Set. Who knows? But in medieval and Roman occult texts, a star is also referred to as a male demon. Now, this is this goes tied into the Bible, the the biblical text where they uh, where they describe the high priestess as a male demon, which also takes me back to the energy of that she may be more connected to the devil than maybe we are willing to pay attention to because there's that shapeshifter energy in a manner because when you think about it the moon is also multi-talented because of the fact that the moon knows how to adjust the moon knows how to adapt you know so um i mean i hate to say it even as a cancer it's one of those you know you don't see us until until you see us because we can adapt you know um yeah Anyway, so now uh, getting more into when it pertains to the Bible and this particular uh, deity. Hold on, let me put my phone on the charger before it goes dead because we're, in, we're inching close to a death of the phone. Hopefully it's, it charges. I hope so. I hope my child will unplug it. Okay, there we go. Okay, so 
Now, going back to like I talked about the Bible, we have the book of Corinthians and the book of Timothy talk of uh, women keeping silent in churches and not exercising authority over a man. Now, this would go back to how some texts say that the high priestess is associated with Sister Manfreda and the Pope Joan. And the thing that they have in common is the fact that they depict a woman leading over the lands instead of the high priestess. But also, prophecy... Because when you think about it, with her sitting in between the light and the dark, she can walk in between realms. So in a way, you can see the high priest as a prophet. She also focuses on the past, present, and the future. So I wouldn't be surprised if she has the most past lives out of all the major arcana. Besides the devil, if we're going to be honest. Because I talked about it before. The devil makes deals. And those deals can last lifetimes, generations either, either, even. It can get passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation and it doesn't stop. Okay, I mean, eventually it will. But who knows, that could be 100 years, 1,000 years, you know. Um, but either way, so like I said, you know, with those two uh, women, they were, those were, I think Sister Manfreda was depicted on the original tarot deck um, the Italian one, I cannot think of the name, nor can I pronounce it, but, uh, with that one, well, I guess at that time it was just playing cards. So with, um, with sister Manfreda in that manner, she had like the wealthy funding her, the wealthy going against like the law or whatever it is, because I, you know, in the way the story is, was shaping up, it made me feel like that she may have prophesied that it was going to be the end of the male reign. Maybe we could even associated with the high priest in a manner when you think about it hate to say it queen elizabeth is probably queen elizabeth probably is the only woman who has ruled over lands so in this instance she may have brought to pass the prophecy that was done by manfreda sister manfreda way way back or the italians whatever way way back 1200s you know but it just finally came to pass but also we don't even know if this was really meant for that to be the case. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know the story of Queen Elizabeth, the, the one that's sitting on the throne now. But I don't know if maybe her brother or uncle was supposed to be there and he decided to give up his throne for love. So it doesn't really seem like that. It was, I mean, I guess you could say it was, it, it was meant that way. But I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I can give that that much credit, to be honest with you. You know, but uh, who am I? Okay, maybe it was, whatever. But that may be the closest thing we may be able to get when it comes to that type of rulership. Okay, but also when we, but also even when we think about, like I talked about before, with the high priestess and being jealous of the hierophant. I can see it going that way even in modern times. But also with, with the, but that's another thing as well. The stigmatism revolving around women being unable to rule or being able, unable to sit the high priestess can be an example of that. She becomes detached because she realizes the power that's sitting there. However, as I get more down into it, you know, however, there still is that um, energy there where it's just like never happy, never content. And what's this, how the saying goes? You know, um, like a woman scorn, something, something, something. I forgot how it goes. You got to be careful with the high priestess. In in my in in this manner, when it pertains to the rulership, and maybe that's why it never happened. You know, 
because maybe to them it was a maybe to them it was a a situation where it's like why would we put this woman on the throne you're too unpredictable and that may be again that goes into the stigmatism when it pertains to women being rulers we're too unpredictable because naturally we're emotional you know and in a way even though the high priestess is detached she's emotional too because she's sitting in between two pillars of light and dark okay she also is associated with the chariot she'll go to war over her emotions and probably not blink an eye so there's the danger there and that could be why it never came to pass and back back to the story about you know the text word that sister you know the sister manfreda and pope joan they were it's possibly it was a prophecy that women were going to be the next in line many women rulers were going to be sitting in the seat of the hierophant what happened we don't know the prophecy didn't the prophecy didn't necessarily come to pass i mean for maybe one person in the modern world you know um but outside of that back then it just it just didn't come to pass so you know it it comes to a it comes to a thing of you know I'm going to go back to my notes. Okay, so so you can say that the high freeze is that which, you know, that manifestation that they want to come to pass when it pertains to the women sitting on the throne taking the place of the, the hierophant. But what happens when you get too stuck in what's to come or you get too stuck in your manifestation or you get too stuck in the future? You get become stagnant. You don't go anywhere. You don't move on. And then when it passes you by, guess what? You may unfortunately accidentally fall into the pits of darkness you may start attaching yourself more to the darker pillar okay because when you think about it with the high priestess being attached to the chariot the chariot so that a manner on the other side of the fence can be revenge which can be a dark tendency but anyway back to my notes a manifestation reveling in darkness or they were hell-bent on doing whatever they felt they needed to do to fulfill this prophecy and like it never it just never came to pass so what if the high priestess is a woman scorn what if that is her depiction and what if that is why she became detached because the prophecy still hasn't happened how long is it going to take for it to happen the days get shorter, ages, you, you get older, and then it's like, what? It never, it doesn't come. And that's why even the high priestess can also be attached to an emotional affair. One that, guess what? You prophesize it. You try to predict that it's going to happen. Guess what? It never comes. Because, like we say, one side remains attached to the outcome the other side does not one side's in it the other side is not whoever loves the least rules the relationship i've been saying that for years you know and that can happen with the high priestess because sometimes guess what sometimes when you get out of your when you get out of this energy of you know reading it for black and white and you move over into your emotions shit can get dangerous because you don't know what that feels like you don't know how to handle emotions and that's why i said maybe in some type of manner the high priest can be like a woman scorn because maybe she's been there 
Maybe she's been there. She possibly has been in that particular position where she stepped out of, she stepped from in between those pillars that one time and she never made it back. So then it's like, I'm not going to do that shit again. Hence why I'm just going to be honest. The high priestess is made for emotional affairs, not marriage, not relationships. Because it just takes that one time. And it doesn't even have to be from a relationship. It could be from anything. It just takes that one time where she stepped out from in between those pillars. She got hurt and it was over with. You know, so you have to be careful. You know, even in a manner whenever the high priestess comes up in love readings, unless it's like grounded, maybe by like the emperor, because the emperor realizes that's how she is. So he can help bring her out of that. Um, it may be even the hermit a little bit, but the hermit to me would be more of like, I think the hermit would be more of like a father to the high priestess than the emperor. Because the hermit is represented by number nine, which is associated with Mars as well. So he can teach her how to control. He's like sensei. He can teach her that control of her emotions, but she got to get to him first, which means that she has to make it past the chariot, make it past the impulse. Hard to do. And I talked about it before. Most people don't make it past the chariot. You know, and that's been that's been written in tarot books from the guy from the damn 17, 1800s. Most people struggle to make it past the chariot. The the place of self-love. What happens when you go through a breakup or what happens when you go through a particular situation and you feel like that? You know, the 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 ending was completely out of your control. You're going to snap. It, it naturally happens. Even if you don't snap in like a very dangerous way, you still snap internally. And sometimes we don't you don't necessarily know how to get out of that. You don't necessarily know how to accept the fact that shit changes. People change their minds. People decide people may decide at the last minute. Oh, I don't want to do this. Because at that point, it's like, I don't understand. How could you not? It's not meant for us to understand everybody. And they're they're human just like we are. You know? Um, anyway, moving forward. So like I said, I, the, the high priest to me can prophesize. But also, just even whenever you think about the high priestess prophesizing. And with her being in between the pillars and being detached in a manner. Sometimes she can get too stuck prophesizing. That she forgets that I gotta move on from this. I can't stay in the high priestess forever. It's an infancy. Think about it. You have to start at house one on the natal chart and work your way around. Each house in a man in a manner you can say is represented by a tarot card. So I mean, even we number two, second house, or whatever, if if you want to see it that way. You're barely two years old. You gotta move forward. You gotta move on. But I'm gonna get more into that, okay? But anyway, but just from my depiction but in all the images when you look at the high priestess she never has a smile on her face she never really looks contented it's stale it's almost it's, it's like a face of okay i'm waiting when is it gonna happen stern you know even the manner of meaning business if we're gonna be honest what if like i said i feel like the high priestess is the only person that can handle the devil what if the high priestess sits at the gate before you get to the devil. Because I can see that in the way that she is. What if she is the judge in the in, in between realms? In terms of if you go light or if you go dark. What if it? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, 
I may be, that may seem crazy, but I, I can see that. And again, like I said, with the history there of her possibly being a wife of Seth, and they're all tied in to the devil or Bilal or whatever you want to say. Yeah, it would make sense to me. Okay. Um. Anyway, now, like I said, she's mostly stern, sitting in a position where you also can say it almost seems like she's waiting on someone, but this can go back to the other stories about them waiting on this to come to pass, waiting on the prophecy to take shape in terms of there will be a whole line, a whole succession of women who will be rulers. Even if you look at it today, there's some, but to sit in that top spot, like the Hierophant, very few, very few far between, only one. So in a way, it still hasn't been fulfilled because these stories talked about a line of women, one after the other. Even whenever, uh, you know, you know, the queen passes on, it damn sure ain't going to another woman. Guess where it's going? To a man. So what was the sacrifice for? Just for it to end up back in the hands of the Hierophant. Because I feel like there is, has been some sort of sacrifice while she's been sitting on that throne. So that she, so the prophecy can be fulfilled. Prophecies don't, in my opinion, prophecies don't get fulfilled without a sacrifice. Something's got to go. Even if it's a person, even if it's a group of people, even if it is family. You know, one of my favorite movies is King Arthur. The imagery is amazing. The new one with the guy, um, I forgot. He's a pretty good actor. I can't remember his name. But the brother, when he was, guess what? The prophecy. And guess what? To get to, the, to fulfill the prophecy. He had to kill his wife, had to kill his daughter. You know, um, anyway, so, um, I think I already talked about that. Oh yeah. How about the, oh yeah. I think I already talked about the high priestess being able to navigate in between worlds with, oh yeah, I did say that, that I was thinking that the high priestess can navigate in between worlds without being seen, without being heard, you know? And if we go back to the deity, the deity of start and how she was connected to the God Ra an ally to set which was all a reflection of pretty much the devil we could also say that she is a shapeshifter i wouldn't be surprised what i say you're there but you're not there if that makes sense okay the astral projector maybe now um the imagery in the back of the high priestess leads you into the life of the empress one brings life into this world and the uh, and the other initiates they are sisters the high priestess invites one into the world of the esoteric and its mysteries, whereas the empress just wants you to be present, to be one with the earth. By the way, fun fact for you, it, vegans are ruled by Neptune. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so, and the thing is, what I talked about before with the high priestess, she gets so engulfed in, okay, why hasn't the prophecy came to pass? What else do I need to do? What other, what other corner of the earth do i need to go into to study the prophecy or to study more about esoteric what do i need to do and she forgets to move on to live life the empress lives life the high priestess in ways she doesn't because she's waiting for responsibility to fall upon her shoulders by which she felt like has been stowed upon her by god or the universe and it's like what's it what's when is it going to happen you know and maybe in some type of manner that can represent maybe sometimes in us, us just waiting for, you know, that day to come where we're destined for so much like the Hierophant, but then it doesn't come. And then that, and then you realize it's not coming. And then guess what you do? You fall into the darker side of the pillar 
instead of realizing that okay it okay it's okay if it doesn't come i can still i still have the empress to look forward to and we can maybe and even even with the high priestess she studies the torah and like i said all the esoteric and all that stuff like that but that also can get in the way of like i said love she feels like love can be found in studying the occult and studying the esoteric but no, not necessarily. You're studying yourself into a dark corner where nobody really is going to want to deal with you. Nobody really is going to be with you because it becomes exhausting. It's exhausting to be coupled up in a manner with the high priestess because she doesn't know how to stop. Because guess what? Like I talked about before with the hierophant, she's trying to get to the hierophant's position. So no matter what she has to do, it becomes exhausting. I'd rather be the empress i mean on any given day honestly i'm okay with the emperor honestly even though it's very masculine i'm okay with that the emperor realizes the ship is gonna burn down okay fine whatever <laughs> as long as i'm not in the boat um anyway so now another thing with the high priestess so when the high priestess is with the judgment card one is said to be going through an initiation the judgment card is represented by in my opinion the judgment card is represented by the book of judges and the uh or the or and or the book of revelations now the book of judges is about god not allowing sin to go unpunished so we could say that the high priestess can represent that punishment when you go too far into the dark when you don't know how to turn back when you don't know how to move forward to the empress and you become too engrossed that's why it's it's it, that's why it's one of those things here where you know even if you decide to be an esoteric you can't just study even me personally i, I like to go outside i play a I, thank god i play a you know i have a hobby that involves me having to be outside at least three or four days out of the week and be around people that keeps you in between like it ain't too dark you know it ain't too light it's a perfect balance it's a perfect blend but i've noticed that a lot of people don't have that blend even here studying the esoteric you don't it, the blend is not there it becomes too much high priestess trying to get to the hierophant but yeah anyway moving on um anyway so where was i now when you get too engrossed in the esoteric that like i talked about before you forget to move on towards the empress or you forget to become one with the empress you don't have to let go of the high priestess completely but you have to learn how to put the high priestess away in her shelf put her in her room for the time being you know um where was I going? Oh, yeah. And then even when it pertains to the book of Judges, it the book of Judges, like I said, about God not allowing sin to go unpunished. It's also regarding religious unfaithfulness. You know, it can be in a way sometimes when the high priestess gets too dark, she starts talking that tomfoolery where she thinks she's the highest power. Where she, can, where she thinks she cannot be touched. Where she thinks that her esoteric studies out trumps everybody else's esoteric studies. Where she thinks that nobody else can fuck with her because she is the bee's knees. Okay? Uh, with Vaseline. That's what happens when she gets too, too far into the dark. You can't tell her anything. 
she doesn't see danger coming because she feels like I'm the occultist. I study all this shit. I'll know everything because I'm the prophet. I'm, I prophesize. I know what's coming. But everybody needs help. And the high, that's the lesson that the high priestess needs to learn as well. You can, you need help as well. You know? Um, but anyway, so... And the, the book of Judges can, in a manner, be just a symbol in terms of, you know, when you... That's what happens. That is the story what happens when you don't believe in a higher power at all. It's like the book of Judges plays out in some type of a manner. But, you know, believing in the fact that you got to answer to somebody... And you know how there are people who are just like, you know, I'm God, how? I mean, if, okay, if they want to go there, they want to go there. But I ain't going to say no shit like that. No, that's crazy. I have to answer to somebody. Even if I don't like it, that ain't up to me. And it goes back to what I was talking about before. When it comes to the devil, when you go too dark, you forget to realize how good you got it. To just even be here. Once you and once you realize that, that's you believing that you know what? Hey, that's you believing in that higher power, no matter what you want to call it. You know? Um, but again, like I said, when you suddenly think you are the higher power, that will be your fate. I haven't read the entire book of Judges. Um, you know, I only go through verses that come to me whenever I read cards or I study them because I don't know just what I feel pulled to do. Okay, um, but yeah, you just have to be pretty much careful when it pertains to the high priestess because honestly, we're going to be honest, she's a lot darker than what we think. And I talked about it before, about controlling the light and the dark. You need to combine the high priestess and the empress for the balance or shit. Like I said, the emperor, maybe, but you would I would say you would want the empress or if you want somebody to come into your life that knows how to deal with the high priestess, the hermit, but he may not stay in the, the way you want them to in terms of relationship. It's more so like I said, a mentor. I'm here to teach you that what you're doing is gonna lead you to the path of darkness. Because the hermit has been there. He's been there. He's old. He's seen what it's like. Who knows? Um he see, to me the hermit seems to be like one of those one of those people in Egypt that was kind of like the transcriptionist for like the pharaohs and stuff like that or the one who was um who was doing the tra the transcriptionist for like mummification so can you imagine what he's seen being in that room he's been on the other side and he's like the shit ain't pretty you don't want to go there because you're not even yourself you come back like they say in the a male demon you know so just you know so anyway, I'm off of my spiel, okay? But this has been uh, the episode on the deep dive into the high priestess, okay? I hope that you enjoyed it, okay? Make sure if I don't even know how you do it, thumbs up, thumbs down, the podcast, whatever, favorite it or whatever it is. But yeah, see you guys next time.